Hey guys, so welcome to another episode of Liz Confidential. If you're a first time listener, I'd like to tell you Karibu. And here, it's basically a monologue until I get my equipment in check. So it's more of me talking, you listening, but trust me, I've got words of wisdom that I want to impact to you. So today we are talking about Seven lessons I wish the 20-year-old me would learn from Mark Masson's book, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. So here's the thing. I'll have key pointers and key take-home phrases in Mark Manson's book and try my level best to bring it back to what is happening currently in our society. And then hopefully you'll actually give a fuck in, to actually, you know, doing something about the fucks that I give. And maybe you will also check into yourself and see what fucks do you actually give and what is giving a fuck? Because, you know, others may think this is just bad language, but trust me, it isn't. And I know the number of times that I've walked into a restaurant with this book, the looks older generation people were giving me like, why would you just give me that look? I mean, it's a book title, but, oh well, you know, our old folks were not as liberal as we are right now. And trust me, I say this as a 30-plus-year-old woman. So, hey, let's see point number one. In his book, he says, essentially, we become more selective about the facts we are willing to give there is something about called maturity. It's nice. You should try it sometimes. Maturity is what happens when one learns to only give a fuck about what truly is fuck worthy. As Bank Morland said to his partner detective, okay, McNulty in The Wire, that's what you get for giving a fuck when it wasn't your time to give a fuck. So this is my interpretation. As you grow older, there are things that you used to care about back then that you just realized were foolish or stupid or they're just not important anymore. So in Mark Manson's book, when he talks about fucks, it's actually what do you care for? What do you stand for? What are your values? And to others, it could be someone else values their career. Another person, they value their family. So you find that when you're valuing your family more, it, it is almost automatic that you will not care about, you will, you will not care as much as, you will not care as about other people as much as you care about your family. And so when everything else is held constant, your family comes first. And I think that is a noble trait. So what facts do you give? So I wish my younger self would realize that life is a road with so many signs. You know, no one can stop reggae, clearly. And 
I feel that I should have known what I stand for more. If it's my career, if it's my school, if it's financial freedom in the future, I wish they actually paid attention into it and not just live life, you know, YOLO to the max. So what is it that you truly, truly value? That is what you give a fuck about because to you, it's fuck worthy. It's like a non-negotiable. So that's point number one. I wish I had identified my fucks to know what's fuck worthy and what isn't. That breakup, that guy that I used to date back in the day, yo, okay, fine. I still do talk to him. But then there are others, man, I'm just like, <laughs> why did I even care what you thought about me? You were not worth my fucks. And I don't mean that literally because I know that can be misconstrued. But yeah, I know you get the point. So ride with it. And nothing sexual here. Fuck is actually values. And what you stand for. Fuck worthy. So the lesson number two. It comes from his. From a phrase from in his book. That says no one cares. In my life. I have given a fuck about many people and many things. I have also not given a fuck about many people and many things. And like the road not taken, it was the facts not given that made all the difference. I think this stands and comes out more, especially in the social setting and also in the career progression setting. And even financial, when you think about it. How many times have you said yes to going out just so that you may look cool with a certain clique in campus? Or right now, how many times have you kissed us to a boss just so that you, you know, you could live well? How many times have you sucked up to a friend just so that you could have them on your side? See, the thing is, no one cares. And when you just don't care about what you don't want to care about, that's when progression starts. That's when maturity starts. That's when success beams. Because you know what? Their opinion of you doesn't hurt you. And to be honest, they don't care and you don't care. And it is always plain to say, at times, indeed, no one cares, but in our minds, we think people care only to the degree that we think or subconsciously want them to care. So, hey, the 20-year-old me, guess what? No one cares, and that's the truth. So, on to the third pointer. Travel is a fantastic development tool because it ex- extricates you from the values of your culture and shows you that another society can live with entirely different values and still function and not hate themselves. This exposure to different culture values and metrics then forces you to re-examine what seems obvious in your own life and to consider that 
perhaps it's not necessarily the best way to live. My take home for this is the 20-year-old me should, I wish would have traveled, traveled, traveled. Here's the thing. When you travel, you get to experience new cultures. Your mind is opened to different possibilities. Perhaps you say you're not entrepreneurial. And that's a thing, by the way. Most people actually say, you know, they prefer the nine to five hustle. Um, entrepreneurship is not for them. They think they don't have the discipline. They think they don't have the continuing factor. They don't know when to tip point, when to get, when they get to the tip point and what to do about it. But here's what I think. I think when you travel, what that does is it opens your mind to different possibilities, different ventures. Perhaps you're good in cooking and you're really, really an introvert. But then when you travel, you get to see food trucks in busy, in a high traffic area. And there might be a light bulb that can come on in your mind and think, wow, what if I introduced food trucks in Kenya, especially in Nairobi? People are tired of junk food and maybe you're coming with African food. And that will only cost you the equipment and the machinery. And if luck would have it, and if the universe converges into your idea, you'll find that when you look at it, you actually might be having the capital. Yeah. So travel, travel, travel. And if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s, please, tafadali, make sure that you actually plan to travel. You can budget. It's there in my previous podcast about personal finances you will learn how to budget for such stuff so please budget and travel travel and travel some more the fourth pointer comes from mark manson's phrase don't just sit there do something the answers will follow if you're stuck on a problem don't just sit there and think about it just start working on it If you don't know what you're doing, the simple act of working on it will eventually cause the right ideas to show up in your head. I thank God for this point and this phrase because it comes from someone else who's, you know, highly placed in the self-help and motivation and inspiration and also success. Oh God, I, I just thank God for this pointer. Because if there's anything that I've tried to echo on Instagram, is that don't look for perfection, just do it. Because you see, when we try to be perfect, what that does, it slows us down. Let's be human for two minutes. You say, I will not hand in that uh, article until it's perfect. I don't want to do X, Y, Z until it's perfect. Then when you get to do it, someone else has beat you to it and has actually excelled and made their name in the industry of what you wanted to do. Sounds familiar? I know it does to me. So don't just sit there. Have a plan. So today I'm making my first step. I'll try to do five sit-ups. Tomorrow 
I'll take it to 10. Then the day after the next, I'm thinking, you know what? I always hear this thing about lunges or whatever. Let me try that. The other day, I want to try and lift 10 kilos. The other day, I want to run, but I just want to run for 10 minutes. The other day, you know what? Running was not for me. Perhaps I can just do jog walking. Yes, that's a thing. Google it. Start. You want to lose weight so bad? Have a plan. Today, I'm just doing five sit-ups or even five squats. The next day, increase, increase. Before you know it, you'll have progressed so much in your weight loss that when you look back, you're like, oh, wow. Thank God I actually just did something about it. And then the answers will follow. That is the, the success story will follow. And even what to do will follow. Because this minute you start realizing your metabolism is good, your endorphins are really kicking in. You know, people will even start telling you, oh, you got to sprint to your feet, to your, to your step, you know. And you're excited. And that is, I mean, that's just phenomenal. So don't look for perfection. Take the first step and the rest will follow. Ideas will start streaming in. If you think of starting a business, what kind of business are you looking to start? All of a sudden, you will start seeing various ideas. Let me give you an example. So I needed to upgrade my car. And so I decided, you know what? I started looking into cars and I'd say my budget is between X and between X and X plus one. Slowly but surely, the cars that I really, really wanted, like the, Chev the Chevrolet Trailblazer, the new uh, Mitsubishi Outlander Fev 2014, all of a sudden, I'm just seeing them by the road. I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Then slowly but slowly, I was like, okay, fine. How much do I need to save per month so that I can actually get this car? Okay, long story short, I had a plan. I'm not yet there to my goal. But I can see myself getting into it. And you know what? At times, the car that you wanted or the goal that you wanted might actually need to be diverted into a bigger and better um, choice. So, for example, I actually considered the Mercedes. And by the time I was getting to it, I was like, okay, an idea would pop up. What if you want to do uh, farming? in wherever you will need a four by four because of the terrain so will your mercedes take you there i'm like hell no so slowly but surely i'm getting to a four by four mitsubishi shogun mitsubishi outlander fev chevrolet trailblazer and hey if you hear or know of any other that will be good in rough terrain and smooth terrain please let me know let me know let me know i'm always up to ideas i'm always open for ideas anyway so, and also another thing about uh, plan and just start and the rest will follow. I, by the time I was coming up with Liz Confidential podcast, I had procrastinated it like for an year when I had started the blog. And I'm not perfect because right now how I'm recording this, you won't even believe it. But... It needed me to import and just upload one episode and then the second and then the third. And then there was a time where I did not upload anything, but I had to forge on. I had to 
appreciate my funk but then also look forward to uploading more content and for me that has been the best thing ever i had all the reasons i need a microphone i need a soundproof you know establishment i need this i there was no excuse in the book that i didn't have but i said you know what my voice and an earpiece and my phone will do for now as long as the content get to the people and the call to action is actually done even if it's one person i am good to go and that's how this confidential podcast started and also the blog and also the instagram page and i'm a testament to this that just start whatever it is that you want to do start that degree you want to get started that business you want to start start while you're still at your site you're still at your eight to five don't mess up the eight of eight to five gig for a side hustle that you're not sure about but just start it all starts with the first step and let the rest fall into place amen amen man right there i just felt like sarah jakes or something so on to the next the fifth lesson i wish the 20 year old me would have learned from this book is his approach to dating of course it's not a podcast without some dating love so unhealthy love is based on two people trying to escape their problems through their emotions for each other in other words they're using each other as an escape healthy love is based on two people acknowledging and addressing their own problems with each other's support can i get an amen so what this does or how i interpreted this is date with purpose and don't date a person to complete you date a person to support and complement you see the thing is and this thing actually baffles me is that many people get into a relationship with hopes that the other person can do certain things for them or with an agenda let's just call it as it is black and white i'm dating so and so so i could get to xyz I'm getting so and so so that I can live at this location. I'm getting so I'm dating so and so cuz they can help me in this part of my life. No, honey. That is called dating for an escape. You need to acknowledge and address your own faults and then work towards your own faults with the other person's knowledge of the same and to support each other become better versions of yourselves so dear 20 year old or even 30 year old nowadays it's never too late to learn about love date with purpose don't date someone to complete you date someone to support and compliment you when you get into a relationship you should be whole as yourself you should understand why it is that you get into this relationship you should begin to note your faults and see on ways that you can improve yourself and also acknowledge your partner's faults 
and be willing to work with them and support them as they hit their demons. Because we all got demons. So work together to reduce the amounts of demons in each other. Improve each other, but don't complete each other. Complement each other. Amen. So lesson number six. Be open to failure. Being wrong opens us up to the possibility of change. Being wrong brings the, the opportunity for growth. The book continues to say, My recommendation, don't be special, don't be unique. Redefine your metrics in mundane and broad ways. Choose to measure yourself not as a rising star or an undiscovered genius. Choose to measure yourself not as some horrible victim or dismal failure. Instead, measure yourself by the mundane identities, such as a student, a partner, a friend, a creator. The narrower and rare the identity you choose for yourself, the more everything will seem to threaten you. For that reason, define yourself in the simplest and most ordinary ways possible. This often means giving up some grandiose ideas about yourself. Such ideas are that you're uniquely intelligent or spectacularly talented or intimidatingly attractive or especially victimized in ways other people could never imagine. This means giving up your sense of entitlement and you believe that you're somehow owed something by this world. Didn't I just put up a podcast about entitlement? What are the odds? If you haven't listened to that podcast, I'd urge you to go back and listen to it for you to understand this. See. Many people, when you ask them why they are not progressing, they'll either give you a story, and this is a past life story, aka victimization, playing a victim, they will give you an identity that other people have set to, for them and they can't live up to. There are others who want to be such perfectionists that being wrong hinders them from the possibility of change which later takes them into the next level of success. What they forget is that being wrong brings the opportunity for growth. Because you know what? When you attempt at something and it doesn't work, you tend to grow. To others, it may seem that you're a failure, but at least you tried it out. One thing or one experience that I can share with you is that when I left employment for entrepreneurship, Everyone thought I lost it. Everyone thought, man, you've just, I mean, who do you think you are? And I'd be given advices about, you know what, the businesses filled within the first year and so much so. Then one day I was seated with someone and they said, um, I told them, you know what, I'm actually thinking of going back to employment just for the sake of 
getting capital and i hope it's a radio show or something i know i don't have experience with that area or industry but hey have you been listening to my podcast yeah i should be the next one yeah anyway i digress and they i said you know what i actually think of going back to employment just for the sake of capital because i've realized i miscalculated xyz and the person laughed and they said clearly you did something wrong and i was very quick to tell them at least i tried what have you tried you keep on saying you want to do your businesses and you want to do this and you want to do that have you attempted you see when i go back to employment i'm not going back fresh i'm going back with entrepreneurial experience which to be honest cannot be traded for anything in this entire world so my dear 20 year old me be open to failure it's okay and don't put yourself in a pedestal that you're not in because no one is coming to rescue you and this is a harsh world that you need to actually give a fuck about yourself pull up your socks and try and forge on and when you fall honey dust yourself off pick up yourself dust yourself off and try try again and for the last but not the least this was just some of the phrases that i took out the last phrase that i really really loved was there is a, it says there is a simple realization from which all personal improvement and growth emerges this is the realization that we individually are responsible for everything in our lives no matter the external circumstances we don't control we don't always control what happens to us but we always control how we interpret what happens to us as well as how we respond whether we consciously recognize it or not we are always responsible for our experiences it's impossible not to be choosing to not consciously interpret events in our lives is still an interpretation of the events of our lives it is choosing another phrase that can add that i chose to add up to that phrase the previous phrase is no matter where you go there's a hundred there's a 500 pound load of shit waiting for you and that's perfectly fine the point isn't to get away from that shit the point is to find the shit you enjoy dealing with so my interpretation shit is going to get real literally and shit is going to stink but before shit stinks you need to take responsibility of what you have done everything that has happened in your life no matter the external circumstances you can't control it but you can control how you interpret it to yourself because remember at the end of the day we've said no one cares so it's you to care for yourself so for example you've been laid off many people be like oh you know and then i have i have family i have bills and which is okay rightfully so 
Have your own pity party. But don't play victim, remember? Lesson number six. But then you could choose to interpret this layoff as now at least I can see if I can pursue that business that I wanted to start. I can look for a better job that will pay me X plus 100% in salary. I get to look, to spend time. I, I, I get to buy some time to spend with my kids. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's how you interpret what has happened to you. What has happened to, to you? Well, you couldn't. I mean, the company is, you know, there's someone else who you were making money for. And he controls this thing. But you, individually, as yourself, I as Liz, can choose to look at the positive side of it and interpret it positively. And again, go back to lesson number four. Put a plan in place to facilitate your lesson number six that will help you prosper. And you know what? Life is like that. Shit is gonna happen to you. Real shit is gonna happen to you. Like mad shit is gonna happen to you. But instead of praying that you may not be given problems to deal with, pray that you're given problems that you enjoy dealing with. Everyone's got a struggle. To someone else, the struggle could be, I don't know what to wear in the morning. I'm always indecisive. To you, that could be a strength. You're easy to make a decision. Pray to have that problem because, I mean, you enjoy dealing with that problem. You've got no problem going to work dressed in all black. And that's a thing. So, shit ain't going nowhere. But pray for good shit that you can deal with. Shit that you can take responsibility for and actually forge on and become prosperous. Whatever you value, that is what you should give a fuck about. Everything is not important and you choose to give up or reject non-X activities or non-fuck-worthy activities, principles, hearsay, whatever it is. So really, what do you give a fuck about? Let me know. Feel free to reach out at hello. Email me at hello at lizconfidentialtalks.com. And yes, rebranded from Liz Confidential to Liz Confidential Talks. It's always a pleasure hearing from you. And thank you for those who actually reached out to ask me when I'm uploading the next episode. Like guys, you are the real MVPs. Until next time, ciao.